Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to this presentation on distress tolerance. This is part of the series, 52 Skills That Everybody Needs. I'm your host, Dr. Donnelly Snipes. Let's start out at the beginning. What is distress tolerance? Well, distress can be physical, like pain or lack of sleep, emotional, well, feeling sad, angry, or anxious, or cognitive, feeling overwhelmed or foggy-headed or anything like that. It's important to remember that distress is inevitable in life. Distress tolerance is your ability to sit with that distress without feeling like you're going to be overwhelmed or to tolerate it until you can do something to modify the situation. Distress tolerance skills can help you prevent ramping up your distress. When we start to feel distress, pain, discomfort, we can either sit with it and say, okay, this is uncomfortable. I don't like it. It is what it is. Or we can start getting angry that we feel in pain. We can start getting worried that it's going to get worse. And all of that just ramps up our stress levels, increases our muscle tension, increases our pain, increases our distress. Distress tolerance skills can also actually help you down-regulate the stress response and get into your wise mind. Distress tolerance skills, since they're not going to um, encourage us to become more angry or anxious, the body's response stays level and the body says, okay, you're overriding my desire to get freaked out about this, so hmm, I guess maybe there's not a, such a big deal anyway. And a lot of distress tolerance skills encourage you to slow your breathing and focus on the present moment, which can also help you slow down and trigger that rest and digest response. When you are overriding your stress response, it sends a message to your brain through your vagus nerve that, hey, there isn't really actually an overwhelming threat that we need to fight or flee right now. This is unpleasant. I don't like it, but it's not overwhelming. It's not dangerous to us. Uh, so the vagus nerve responds by triggering rest and digest. We've talked about the vagus nerve occasionally in the past, so we're going to start talking about it a little bit more. Distress tolerance skills can also help you stop from acting impulsively. A lot of times when we feel distress, what do we want to do? We want to scream. We want to flail. We want to run. We want to fight. We want to make it stop in some way. And distress tolerance skills encourage us to radically accept what is in the moment and then make decisions in our wise mind about what is the best way to handle this. And is there anything that I can do? Is there any um, use in 
engaging energy to try to fight with this some things you've just got to wait for distress tolerance skills can help you feel safer and less out of control or overwhelmed because instead of telling yourself this is overwhelming I can't tolerate this I have to have this stop I'm gonna go crazy distress tolerance skills you're telling yourself all right this sucks and I can get through it this sucks and it will end at some point distress tolerance skills also can help you feel empowered to cope with adversity because you start feeling more in control of your body instead of your stress response just going hither and yon you're able to again manually override it trigger the rest and digest get into your wise mind and make conscious decisions about the next best response 10 distress tolerance skills I divide them among a group four things and I use the mnemonic tags thoughts activities guided imagery and sensations but within each of those categories there are different techniques under thoughts you can have distress tolerant thoughts and I encourage everybody to make a list of those a lot of times we have thoughts that we developed in the past that are distress intolerant like I mentioned before I can't tolerate this this is overwhelming I'm going to go crazy when we tell ourselves those things it ramps up our stress response distress tolerant thoughts are those things that we tell ourselves that are encouraging that are calming that are not dismissive of the distress but accepting and recognizing that we can guess what tolerate it think about what would you tell a child if they were getting ready to go through something really stressful either um, airplanes or going to the doctor or going to the dentist or going into surgery whatever it is you know think starting a new school what would you tell a child to help them tolerate the distress how would you encourage them acknowledge their fear acknowledge their distress and encourage them at the same time you can help them recognize that they can deal with something that's unpleasant and get through it other thoughts that you can engage are distracting thoughts and these are thoughts that are completely unrelated to the stressor instead of thinking about the test results that you're waiting on or the surgery that you're getting ready to go through and thinking to yourself okay I can get through this I've been through other things this is how I can uh, tolerate it this is how I can cope with it if the worst happens okay those are your distress tolerant thoughts when you're using distracting thoughts you're actually using thoughts that are completely different so you're thinking about uh, what's going on around you you're thinking about what you're going to do this evening you're thinking about what you're going to eat for lunch you are thinking about fill in the blank something that will occupy your mind not something just kind of fleeting but what is it that you like to think about that you can immerse yourself in and this kind of also goes along you'll we'll talk about it again in some of the other categories 
engaging your brain so your words whatever you're thinking about your words are focused on something other than the distress you can't think about the distress and something else at the exact same time so if you're immersed in thinking about something else your brain can't talk to you if you will about the stressor so you have thoughts that are either distress tolerant or distracting then we have activities you can have pleasant activities and these activities are often designed to help you slow your breathing and override that stress response breathing four square breathing breathe in for four hold for four exhale for four hold for four do that a couple of times when you slow your breathing it triggers your vagus nerve to enact the rest and digest response it triggers the vagus nerve to tamp down that stress response breathing obviously is very helpful when people start to get stressed a lot of times they either hold their breath or they breathe rapidly and slowly neither one of those is helpful singing is another pleasant activity that some people enjoy doing and interestingly enough when we sing a lot of times we are also slowing our breathing because we take those deep breaths and we sing from our diaphragm which can encourage us to uh, slow our breathing reading now reading obviously uses words so when you are reading words when you're immersed in a book your brain can't be thinking about those words that it wants to use to describe the distress so reading can be really helpful if you can focus on it I am not the type of person who has a lot of success with reading when I'm feeling particularly stressed I need something more active like breathing or singing or talking to a friend and when we talk to a friend about what's going on we may start out if you notice in the conversation you may start out talking rapidly but as you get this out as you start sharing it with your friend and they start helping you carry this stressor you actually start talking more slowly and you're breathing more slowly so you're inadvertently triggering that rest and digest response other activities that you can engage in are distracting ones these are ones that pull your attention to something completely away from the stressor push-ups or wall sits are two of the distracting activities that I encourage some people to do wall sits are when you back up against the wall and you slide down until your thighs are parallel with the ground so it's like you're sitting on a chair but there's no chair there and after 10 or 15 seconds most people can't focus on a whole lot but the discomfort that they're feeling in their legs and that is distracting for them at that point in time wall sits are nice because they can be done anywhere just in the in a bathroom stall if you absolutely have to if you're at school or at work going in and doing that or just going into a stall where you can be quiet and practice that slow breathing can be helpful guided imagery is the next category and 
There are two general types of guided imagery I recommend for distress tolerance. One is pleasant guided imagery. Imagine that. Envisioning your favorite place, envisioning a safe place, envisioning something pleasant. It doesn't even have to be a place. You can envision, I love Jersey cows. So if I want to see in my mind, you know, a lot of times I envision multiple cows on a farm, but I can really focus in on the face of the Jersey cow. Jersey cows have those big eyes and they tend to be very slow moving and often are, are very docile, which is also calming to the image and calming to me at least. But thinking about something that makes you happy, that makes you feel content at least. You can also use guided imagery that is safe or comforting. Envisioning a force field around you that protects you from other people's words, from other people's energy. Obviously the force field doesn't protect you from other people's physical assault, but envisioning a force field around you may help you feel safe from their negative energy and their criticism. Um, envisioning a guardian angel that is with you, envisioning God carrying you like the poem Footprints in the Sand. There are a lot of different things that you can envision or even envision a nurturing caregiver that is walking with you through whatever this is. Some of us have um, family members, caregivers who have passed on, yet their memory stays strong with us and we can envision what it would be like if they were here with us right now. And finally, S stands for sensations. When we are using our senses, we are, even if we're not using our, our mouth and words, in our brain, we're describing things. We see something and we think, oh, that's yellow or oh, that's black or oh, that's a mess. Uh, so sights can be very helpful for distress tolerance. Focusing on something that is pleasant or that is engaging visually in some way can be very helpful for distress tolerance. And it's actually one of the senses that's used in EMDR, encouraging people to focus on this visual stimulus that goes back and forth. What we see, hear, smell, feel, all of those senses are registered, taken in by the vagus nerve and reported to the brain. And then the brain tells the vagus nerve, hey, send out the message that all clear or send out the message that we need to fight or flee. So the vagus nerve is like your body's email system. Sensations can really help you address or modulate your stress response system. Sites that are pleasant, sites that make you feel safe, sites that are comforting, and that can even include people in your environment. Going into a room where there is somebody that when you see them, you feel happy or you feel safe. Sounds. And these can be sounds that are pleasant, that are calming, or maybe sounds that are cathartic. 
when I'm feeling stressed out, sometimes I'll put on my music and I will turn it up really loud. And my music, my playlists on my, on my, uh, phone really vary depending on my mood i have my angry playlist and my happy playlist and my let's get some stuff done playlist uh, but sounds trigger memories and memories trigger responses trigger that vagus nerve because it's it triggers our schema around that memory and that schema that memory is either one that's pleasant or it's one that's stressful so if we trigger some of those pleasant memories then it's going to trigger the rest and digest smells can also be helpful for distress tolerance and they can be again pleasant things that trigger a relaxation response things that trigger pleasant memories i have talked to some people who prefer using noxious smells when they're distressed because it sort of jolts them out of their um, haze their adrenaline haze that's being triggered by the distress they smell something like rotten eggs or I, don't, I think worse than rotten eggs is rotten beans if you've ever had beans go go sour in your in your refrigerator and you open up the tupperware and it's like oh my goodness okay that is enough to really draw your attention away from anything else you're thinking about um and then there's also certain baby diapers and <laughs> that can be particularly noxious but you you get the point and finally tactile when we experience pressure whether it's from a hug or from a weighted blanket or from your dog sitting on your lap it actually triggers the release of oxytocin which is a bonding hormone and oxytocin triggers the release of dopamine which helps us feel um happier in some ways and you know dopamine is one of those good feeling neurochemicals and also the release of serotonin so weighted blankets can be helpful for some or weighted vests can be helpful for some um, when your cat comes or your dog comes and <clears throat> sits on your chest if you notice you often have a, a shift even if you're not really stressed out you may have a shift in how you're feeling when they're sitting right on you especially if they're sitting on your chest around your heart area where you would feel pressure if somebody gave you a hug um, it can really trigger that uh, oxytocin response other things though you don't have to go with a weighted something or other you can go with cold water you know splash cold water on your face and it all often will jolt you out of that distress cycle that you might be in or a warm bath that can help you relax and you can focus on that a soft fuzzy sweater or blanket you know there are a lot of things you, you get the point here but when you are focusing on a external sensation it triggers what we call the orienting response which turns your attention to that stimulus and away from whatever's causing your you your distress again remember that distress is inevitable and some things we can calm down get into our wise mind and figure out how to address them 
uh, we had a situation oh gosh it's been about a year now thankfully that one of our dogs jumped over my garden fence and ripped his belly from stem to stern it was ugly uh, and it, it was very very distressful when it happened however distress tolerance skills I employed those took a couple of breaths and I said okay what do we need to do here so that was one of those that it was unpleasant and it was something I was able to address it was something I was able to to do something about I've had other situations in the past year when I had to have surgery I couldn't fix that I am terrified of surgery I am terrified of uh, going under anesthesia however it was something that had to be done and uh, you know I used the distress tolerant thoughts I trusted my doctor yada 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 but it was still kind of scary and there was nothing I could do to change the situation it it had to be done so the distress tolerance skills in that case were less about changing the situation and more about changing my reaction to the situation allowing myself to feel scared acknowledge that yeah this is kind of scary stuff and sit through it and tolerate it it didn't overwhelm me it didn't kill me obviously uh, and and then when I woke up from the anesthesia it was like hey I made it through and that confirmed my belief that hey you can tolerate distress so it made me ultimately feel stronger and more capable to tolerate distress because I went through something really difficult and I emerged stronger when you're feeling angry anxious or depressed your fight-or-flight system is engaged distress tolerance skills help you trigger rest and digest help you tune down turn down the intensity of that fight-or-flight response so you can figure out either what can I do to change the situation or how can I get through this until the situation itself changes when you learn that you can experience distress without being overwhelmed or overcome it increases your sense of safety and empowerment